friends, and welcome to my Heart to Heart podcast. I am your host, Kathy Jo Hart. I am a Christian author and speaker. Our focus is to discuss the hot topics of the day and how it relates to the Bible and the lessons through the love of Christ. I wanted to take a moment to express my gratitude to our friends around the world who are listening to our podcast. I would like to welcome our international friends from the Czech Republic, Japan, Nigeria, United Kingdom, and Kenya. I am blessed to have your support, as well as our friends from the United States. I truly appreciate every one of you. Well, today, we're going to take another look at the topic of betrayals, as there were many listeners who responded to our last episode of reconciliation after an unforgivable offense. The most common questions were, Are there different types of betrayal in an affair? And is reconciliation possible after infidelity? But there was one listener in particular that really got my attention. It wasn't her question of how can I stay in a marriage when my husband's affair never ended, but how she began her question with, my husband is a godly man. Now that got my attention. I'll be honest, when I began writing this episode, I had a difficult time moving past my own initial gut reaction to the last question. How can a godly man and never-ending affair even be in the same sentence? I mean, seriously? My immediate reaction to that is to turn and burn these dumbasses and take everything they have or could ever own Wow, that kind of felt good in the moment, but completely wrong on every level. No matter how good this comment felt, it was actually really bad advice. Lesson number one, if it feels good, don't do it, right? Well, thankfully, I have a little more self-control than that. So let's go in order. Question number one was, Are there different types of betrayal in an affair? The quick answer is yes and no. All infidelity is a betrayal of trust. Whether it is a one-time fling, an intense physical attraction, cyber affair, or a committed emotional relationship, everything is based on the betrayal of trust. You can differentiate the degrees of betrayal by how the married couple defines commitment, how they define their boundaries, or by the devastating distress experienced by the non-cheating spouse. I know it sounds crazy, but marriage means different things to different people. If a married couple cannot agree on the definition of commitment or their interpretation of betrayal, or even the basics of their relationship, then there is more wrong with the marriage than the act of infidelity itself. The second question, is reconciliation possible after an affair? This one is more difficult to answer. Was there abuse involved in the marriage? It could be physical or emotional, but abuse can leave the non-cheating spouse with long-term trauma. The best advice is to find a Christian marriage counselor to try to work through the relationship. The key is to take time and not rush into anything final without working through all potential scenarios. 
If children are involved, do not rush through the divorce process. But this is what the cheater needs to know. Regardless of how or why you believe that cheating was the right decision, this is what is going to happen to your future. Number one, the unreal life will collide with reality and leave destruction in its wake. No matter how miserable you have convinced yourself, your family, friends, retirement, and your time with grandchildren will be forever changed. Celebrations, holidays, special events, and even funerals will be forever divided. And this will leave you with regrets for the rest of your life. Number two, the affair relationship is all about you and what you get out of it. This is all about the pleasure of the self. Neither affair partners invests in the relationship. You both are doing whatever is good for the self at the expense of how it affects others. Number three, when living in the forbidden world of infidelity, it creates an adrenaline rush. The hidden relationship is exciting and can accentuate the physical and or emotional pleasures of not getting caught. But once exposed, the adrenaline thrill will end. Number four, when the hidden relationship is exposed, the reality of stress, pain, and humiliation that you have caused will poison the pleasure well. Number five, each partner entangled in the affair will begin their new out-in-the-open relationship based on immediate stressful divisions and sacrifices. An example of this is, I gave up my family to be with you. Any problems encountered in the relationship from that moment forward will be attributed to the individual divisions and sacrifices caused by infidelity. Reality is much more difficult to face than the sinful fantasy of an affair. And number six, 75% of marriages of adulterers will fail within a few years. And number seven, which is my favorite, adulterers will not trust their partner because they know what they are capable of. It is really going to be difficult to hide personality flaws that get exposed when you lose the security of your family. You reap what you sow. To answer the question if reconciliation is possible, reconciliation is a decision you must weigh for yourself. The challenge is going to be if you can trust your partner again. You'll be tracking your spouse's every phone call, text, late night work hours, and free time. Trust is easy to lose and the most difficult to regain. Are you prepared to travel the road of rebuilding trust in your spouse again? Will you have the emotional energy to try? My divorce 29 years ago happened because my former husband ran away with his fiance. I had no other choice. He led a double life and was emotionally abusive. I was not able to release the emotional trauma for several years. His adulterous marriage only lasted a few years. He had multiple failed relationships, and to this day, he still believes none of those failures were his fault. Do you see the problem with adulterers? They are consumed with the self. Too bad adulterers can't divorce themselves, you know? 
Well, my ex-husband did not want to save the marriage. Since I was the only one willing to try, there was no possibility of reconciliation. In this type of scenario, the only solution was divorce. Now for the so-called godly man who not only cheated on his wife, but his affair continued after the exposure, you cannot be a godly person if you cheat on your spouse. Although your salvation is between you and God, there is no justification for adultery anywhere in the Bible. Even though the listener did not provide details if her husband had a Christian leadership role outside of the family, I would certainly hope he does not have a leadership role in a church. But the most important role of all husbands is to be the head of his own family as Christ is the head of the church. And for the wives, your role is to respect your husband and to pray for him. If one of you is an unbeliever, you are going to have a tough time making your marriage work. Regardless of how godly he thinks he is, if he is sinning against God's covenant, he is not a godly man. Don't support his delusion by believing he is a godly person. And there are 39 Bible verses about marriage and 30 Bible verses about adultery. Here are the cliff notes. You shall not commit adultery. It's pretty simple. This was so important to God. It is number seven out of 10 in his 10 commandments. There is no permissible justification for cheating. I know we like to believe we are fixers and problem solvers, but we really aren't the fixers we believe we are. Sometimes, if not all of the time, we need to step out of our own way and give everything to God. Release the burdens of the affair, of the hurt, the pain, guilt, and shame, and give it all to God. And once you do, release it completely. You don't think God can handle your spouse? He can and he will. Betrayals are the broken trusts of someone you loved, cherished, adored, and depended on in some way. God will never betray you. He has a plan for you that may not include your spouse. God may not allow you to get your way. You may experience the devastation of loss and you may never understand the why of unwanted results. But the cause and effects of this world has consequences. We don't live in heaven here on earth. The only persons you can trust is the Trinity of God. He can see things you cannot. He has heard conversations you have not heard. He knows the contemptuous plots that were formed against you that you know nothing of. Trust God for everything. Your faith in the Trinity of God is the connection between a good life and a bad life. Trying to maneuver the devil without God is where emptiness and hopelessness resides. So is reconciliation possible? Of course, but only if both husband and wife make the decision to reconcile. Reconciliation requires a lot of work. So the question is, are you and your spouse willing to put forth the necessary time, energy, and submission to Christ in order to make it work? But to answer the listener's question, my answer would be for her to talk to a Christian therapist. She is going to need a lot of support, especially if she is the wife of someone in a church leadership role. 
always put Christ first. Since the cheating spouse is still sneaking around, the chance of reconciliation decreases substantially. Number one, is the cheating spouse willing to end their sinful relationship and work on the marriage? This means taking responsibility for the past, present, and future without placing the blame on to everyone else but him or herself. Number two, you will need to find a Christian therapist to help you with conflicted and angry feelings. Sometimes the idea of going to your minister or pastor for help is not recommended because of bias, and you will need an objective third-party mediator. Number three, both of you will need to ask God for forgiveness, for guidance on how to move forward in the marriage, and for a plan to move forward, period. Both must be willing to bring God back into the marriage. And number four, understand that starting over for each of you is going to be lonely and disheartening. When a man and woman marry, the two becomes one. In a divorce, it will be painful because the one now has to be broken into two. Number five, pray for each other. Pray and pray some more. Now, if the spouse is unwilling to cooperate and unwilling to end the cheating relationship, find a really good attorney and good support groups. Continue to pray for your spouse and don't forget about yourself. Pray for yourself too. Never stop praying. For those who are married, but the marriage is stagnant or you are contemplating a separation, then it is time to put your marriage relationship at the top of your priority list. You can begin by reading the Bible together and praying together. Write down your prayer requests and have each spouse pray for the other spouse. Write down some short-term goals to do with one another. Have conversations that don't include children, criticism, crisis, complaints, or chaos. Begin conversations with words of gratitude and heartfelt compliments. Hold hands, smile, relax, enjoy small moments. Do something nice for one another. Do not, however, use sex as a way to reconnect. Reconnect emotionally and spiritually first. Date each other and fall in love again. In my book, God's Chosen Helper Bible Study, I have included a compatibility test called To Be or Not to Be Yoked. It is a test for the individuals and couples to learn what type of marriage you would like to have. The test can be taken at any time in the relationship, but is a must for couples getting married. The very first question each partner must answer is this, what does commitment mean to you? This is because this question is the number one reason for divorce. The third reason for divorce is infidelity. And coming in at number five are unrealistic expectations. The compatibility test will ask questions that will help determine if you and your partner are equally yoked and going in the same direction. If you are not equally yoked, your marriage relationship will have many conflicts. If you have children, you will be exposing them to a lifetime of challenged dysfunction. You can go to my website and order both God's Chosen Helper and the Companion Bible Study books at kathyjohart.com, and that is Kathy with a C. 
or you can go directly to Amazon to purchase both books. I highly recommend you read both God's Chosen Helper books. You can also send me an email at info at or leave a comment below, and I may include it in our next podcast. Here is one final thought on betrayal and forgiveness. And this is a quote by Fred Rogers, also known as Mr. Rogers. And he said, The one thing evil cannot stand is forgiveness. Just think about that for a moment. The one thing evil cannot stand is forgiveness. I believe I just realized the magic pill that pharmaceutical companies will never be able to achieve is the humility of forgiveness. It is a cure for all things evil. And I encourage you to hit the subscribe button so you can stay up to date on all of our podcasts. In the meantime, I pray for your healing of all the hurt and pain caused by betrayals. I pray you will ask God to forgive your sins and to help you to forgive those who have sinned against you. I pray that you will make the decision to rid yourself of the burdens of resentment and unforgiveness. And may you have a God-led week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.